From the Museum of Science, Boston, this is Pulsar, a podcast where we answer questions from you, our audience. I'm your host, Eric O'Day. We wanted to dedicate today's episode to answering some of the amazing questions we've gotten about dogs. My guest today is Maida Trujillo from our education team, who can often be found on our current science and technology stage giving presentations about dogs. Maida, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So our first question, where do dogs come from and how long have they been around? That's a great question. And I love that we're starting there. Dogs come from wolves. In fact, scientifically speaking, they are the same species as wolves. They are a subspecies, a domesticated subspecies of the gray wolf. We don't actually know how long we have had dogs there are different theories and different studies suggesting that they have been here for 15,000 years to about 40,000 years, but we don't know for sure. Part of the problem is that it's very difficult to know what exactly is a dog and what exactly is a wolf, because if an organism or a species or an animal happens to have characteristics of both, where does it fall? It's kind of hard to make that distinguishing line. But to be on the safe side, we usually say that they have been here for at least 15,000 years. And how are dogs today different from wolves? So there are a few differences between a gray wolf and a domesticated dog. For the most part, dogs tend to be a little bit better with humans. They tend to take our lead, whereas a wolf works better with other wolves. Or if they do work with humans, they tend to want to follow. And dogs are very good at taking our lead and don't necessarily work well with each other all of the time. So our relationship with dogs has really evolved along with dogs themselves. Definitely, especially because we have made them to be exactly what we want them to be. So speaking of that, Oliver wants to know, how did dogs get to be so many different sizes and shapes and colors? So dogs have become different sizes, different shapes, because we have bred them to be those different sizes and shapes. For instance, big dogs like mastiffs were bred to be able to be watchdogs and hunt things like lions and boars and bulls. Whereas little dogs like Yorkshire Terriers were bred to be able to fit inside of mines and be able to chase rats and little things. And so we have bred them to be big and small, sometimes long, like a Dachshund which were bred to be able to dig and go into little burrows. And so they're nice and long, sometimes look silly to us, but that was important for the job that they were bred to do. So we got a question from Honor. Can dogs understand what you say when you talk to them? Yes and no. There are current studies being done on exactly how much dogs understand and how they communicate. But for the most part, your average dog understands certain words. These are key words that they have associated with certain things. For instance, most dogs understand the words treat and walk because they have associated those with receiving treats and going on long walks. It's also how you train a dog. So most dogs know that the word sit means that they should sit down because they have associated that word with that behavior. If you were to tell your dog a very long sentence or even tell them a story, they probably wouldn't be able to understand that. Our next question is from Claire. Are dogs really colorblind or can they actually see better than humans? She's heard both. And can they see at night? 
That's a great question. And yes and no. <laughs> Again, they're not exactly colorblind in terms that they can't see any color. They can see color. They just can't see color as well as we can. They can see blues and yellows pretty well, but greens and reds are hard for them to distinguish. They tend to see greens more as yellow, and reds tend to be a little bit darker, more bluish. They can see in the dark much better than we can. Now, they can't see completely in the dark, but wolves tend to hunt either later in the day or earlier in the morning when it's still kind of dark, and dogs have inherited that. They are also better at seeing movement. So if something darts really quickly, we humans probably won't see that movement as well as our dogs would. We got a lot of questions about dog smells. So just in general, how much better is a dog's nose compared to a human's sense of smell? So much better than ours. So humans have about 6 million scent receptors, which sounds like a lot. But when you compare that to the 300 million that dogs have, it's nothing. Dogs can smell at least 40 times better than we can. And that's just taking into account a normal dog, not even a dog that was specifically bred to be a scent hunter. That being said, they also are more effective smellers, which means that when we breathe air, we are just picking up scents as long as we are breathing. Whereas dogs have two pathways that air goes through. So some of it is for them to breathe, but part of that just goes into smelling. So they have a section of the air that they breathe in that they are only using to smell. That along with the fact that the area of their brain that is designated for smelling and being able to interpret that information is a lot bigger than humans means that they can smell so much better than we can. And so to put that into easier to understand terms, if somebody was baking cookies in your house and you walked in, you would smell that somebody's making some delicious chocolate chip cookies. But if your dog walked in, they would be able to tell not only that somebody's baking chocolate chip cookies, they would also be able to tell all of the ingredients that are in those cookies and how much of each of those ingredients is in there. They can smell so much better and detect things in such minute amounts. It's incredible. That's really amazing. One more question about dog smell. We got a question from Anonymous. Why do dogs smell each other's butts? I love that question because it sounds so silly to us, but it's actually very important for dogs. Dogs have glands on their butts called anal glands, and those glands secrete a little smell. And that smell is unique to each dog, and it also gives some information about that dog's diet, their health, maybe even their age. These are important things that dogs need to know about each other. So while it would be extremely silly for a human to do that to another human, it's actually a polite way for dogs to greet each other and exchange kind of a business card that has all of this important information about each other that other dogs probably need to know. So there's an age-old question that I'd like to ask you. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? Yes, and please do. Most trainers that I know are very adamant about the fact that you very much can teach an old dog new tricks, and you very much should be teaching your dog new tricks at every stage of their life. Imagine if we as humans stopped learning after we left high school, it would be extremely boring. 
And that's the same for dogs. They can get very bored. So teaching them new things throughout their life keeps them engaged and keeps them happy. So we got a lot of questions about things that we can teach dogs to do that can help us. So can you talk a little bit about the jobs that dogs can have? Yes. So dogs were originally bred to have jobs. In fact, most theories about how dogs were domesticated involve dogs doing jobs and helping us in some way. And since then, we have bred them to do many jobs, including hunting and herding and all of those amazing jobs that were needed early on in the evolution of humans. But now we have them doing things a little bit more different. For instance, there are some dogs that are lifeguards and can help save human lives. Newfoundlands are very well known for being bred specifically to be able to go into the water. They have webbed feet and waterproof fur that helps them swim. And they're very big and strong and can carry a group of humans back to shore. There are other dogs that help with medical research. We mentioned that dogs have such a great sense of smell and they can actually detect diseases in a human's blood or urine samples, sometimes even in their sweat or their breath. That is amazing. There are some dogs that help with search and rescue, and that is, again, using their sense of smell, as well as their agility, being able to go over rubble and things that would be difficult for a human to go over. So dogs are very good at the jobs that we ask them to do, because we have bred them to be able to do those jobs. And so finally, I'd like to ask you, why do we call dogs man's best friend? Because we have bred dogs to be our best friends. We have bred them to be exactly what we want them to be. And I would also like to add that while dogs are a part of our life, an important part for sure, but still a part, we are their entire lives. And they very much act like it. All right. Well, Meyer, thanks so much for joining us today and talking all about dogs. Thank you, Eric. If you'd like to have one of your questions answered by a visiting expert or a Museum of Science educator, you can email them to sciencequestions at mos.org. If you enjoyed this episode of Pulsar, don't forget to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or on Spotify, as well as leaving a rating or review for us. Please visit www.mos.org slash science matters to support MOS at home. That's it for this episode of Pulsar. Join us again soon.